Welcome to Under the Shell, presented by Terrapin Sports Central. Today, we are joined by Damon Brooks, a journalist from the University of Maryland. And if you haven't heard his story, you sure are going to want to stick around to hear it. After, we preview Maryland's upcoming games for this weekend and look back at the basketball seasons. I'm Brennan Weissel. Sam Jane. Michael Big Mike House. All right, let's get into it. Well, here at Under the Shell, we are pleased to welcome on a fellow Maryland student, a fellow Philip Merrill College of Journalism student, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, um, one of my uh, friends that I've made here in Maryland, someone who's been invaluable to me in terms of giving advice, um, just being there. Um, he's a great writer, but he's an even better person. Um, he's someone who I know inspires me on a daily basis every time I see him, and I'm sure that a lot of other people that he interacts with, it's the same deal. Um, we're pleased to bring on Damon Brooks. So, um, Damon, thanks for being here with us, and thanks for coming onto the pod and making your making your episode introduction here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, thank you, Sam and Brenda, for you know having me on. You know, I'm a big fan of you all. You know, follow you all's podcast, Coach Locks, Coach Freeze. Big fan of you know you all's content. So, um, thank you for y'all. Thank you for, for the invitation. I appreciate you all having me. Sure. Um, just to start it off, um, you know, we we all know. Um, you know, you're a student here in Maryland, um, came from a long journey, you know, you're from Maryland originally. So I got to ask, how are you a fan of the most hated team in America, the Dallas Cowboys? Where did that come from? Why is it the <laughs> boys and the star? Um, give us some backstory on that. So my dad, like I was, my, I'm, a, I'm a junior. So my dad is Damon Brooks senior. So growing up, he was a big Cowboys fan, a big Tony Dorsett fan. And when I was growing up, um, like he, like he didn't play any games. Like brought Cowboys, um, bibs. I have Cowboys onesies still for my kid. I still have my little kid Deion Sanders jersey. So he passed on that fandom to me. And ever since then, I've been locked in with the Cowboys. And unfortunately, we haven't, you know, enjoyed great playoff success. But I'm hoping that you know, the future is much more brighter than the past has been. Sure. That's uh yeah, I feel like the pops is always influential in picking the story. But um for those that don't know, Damon is in a wheelchair. Um, you know, was not born that way. Um played basketball your whole life, if I'm correct. Um yeah. talk talk to me about, you know, as a kid, what type of you know disposition did you have? And then how did you ultimately end up deciding where you would play basketball in school? Um, so I would say, like, I've been playing basketball all my life. I've been playing basketball since I was three years old. I grew up in Tacoma Park, Maryland, in Montgomery County. Um, basketball has been a big part of my life. Um, all year round, whether it was camps, workouts, um, just playing with my friends, just basketball is a big part of my life. Um, something that I found a lot of therapy in, a lot of, lot of solace in. Um, it's been there for me through my roughest moments. Um, learned a lot of valuable lessons about myself and others and just about life through the game of basketball. Um, I love it. Um, it's something that I enjoy to watch. It's something I enjoy to play, um, something I enjoy to talk about, something that, you know, is a part of my identity and it's also a big part of my life. Um, when I was leaving when I was leaving high school at Springbrook High School in Montgomery County, um, one of my assistant coaches, Ralph Burley, told me about, you know, Goucher College in, in Baltimore, Maryland, and told me, um, basically, you know, they wanted me to come there, be a good opportunity to see my academic career there, and I could also, you know, play well on the basketball team. And so I pondered it for maybe for a few weeks, and then I decided, you know, Goucher College was the place I wanted to go. 
And then I made the decision to, you know, continue my academic and athletic journey at, at Goucher College in Towson, Maryland. So then you're uh, you're in Goucher College, you're playing basketball. Um, how long were you on the team for before um, injury? So I was a freshman. I was a freshman on the team. Um, I played in most of the games. I missed a few games. I had a, um, I had hurt my uh, my quad really bad, and I, I couldn't. I wasn't able to play for a while, and so I sat out. I think two or three games, but I played a fair amount. Um, I played a decent amount for a freshman and made you know somewhat of an impact. Um, unfortunately, you know, I wasn't able to continue my career, but I was able to you know make make lifelong friends and make relationships that have lasted a long time. So then obviously Brendan alluded to it. You know, you have your injury conflict um, with a roommate. I know the story, um, but for the audience out there that maybe don't know who Damon Brooks is, um, talk to me about it. So you're in your dorm room. I'll set it up. You're in the dorm room. Um, was this roommate that you had, did you guys have, you know, prior conflicts, maybe disagreements, that type of thing? Um, what was your guys' relationship like? And then take me through what ultimately ended up happening. So no, we didn't have any like anything leading up to the leading up to the altercation. Um, we were pretty pretty friendly. Um, obviously we spent a lot of time with each other. You know, living in the same dorm with one another, play basketball. He was on the team as well. Both of my roommates that I had were on the, were on the team as team as well. Um, we all played. We all did the same things: morning workouts, lifting, exercising. You know, just the, the normal routine of a college athlete, you know, having fun as a student, you know, lot young, 18 years old, trying to enjoy life, college life. Um, that was pretty cool. But um leading up to that, like he was um we like I said, we hadn't we had no we had no we had no problems at all. None, none that I knew of. But he kept antagonizing me and wanted to keep and wanted to like wanted to wrestle like instantly. Like always he was adamant about wrestling, adamant. He just wanted to wrestle. So I'm packing my bags, getting ready for my class, and he's like basically blocking my entrance to you know to leave out my dorm room so I go to my class. And so I'm like, look, man, I don't got time for this. I have to go to class. And he kept saying, I'm gonna put you on your neck. I'm gonna put you on your neck. I'm like, man, listen, I don't have time for this. I have to go to class. So as I step away from him to walk around him, he picks me up. I don't even expect it. He picks me up and then slams me on my neck, neck first. And then instantly, like, I had blood in my mouth. Um, my legs were stiff. Like, I tried to get up, but obviously I couldn't. Um, the security guard was dispatched. Um, he was Luckily, he was nearby. He was dispatched to my dorm room, and they called the ambulance, and uh, I was stretched off to shock trauma within, I would say, less than an hour. And then I will say maybe two hours after that, I had, I had had two surgeries. One to um, stabilize my spinal cord, and one to remove, but basically like to straighten out um, some of the damage and trauma that was going on to my spine. What was was your roommate like? Was he a bigger guy? Like, you know, do you just not expect it? Like, what do you remember? Tell me that, and then what do you remember his face being like? I know you said things just went dark, but when he realized maybe the consequence of what he had just done. You know, I mean, there's one thing between just wanting to wrestle and then another about changing someone's life forever. Do you remember what he looked like when that happened? Yeah, it's a, it's a look I can never forget. Um, it's like, like it's like you see a dead body. Um, it's like you know what you did. Um, you knew that it's serious. You knew that um, it wasn't a laughing matter. You knew that like he had. It seemed like he had joking intentions, but once he saw that I couldn't get up and that the look on my face was 
of fear and terror, he knew that, you know, he had done something, you know, pretty, pretty bad. And um, he was, um he wasn't that much bigger than me. I will say he was around maybe six two six three wasn't really a muscular guy, really skinny guy. Um, it, it changed a lot. Um, he, like, he didn't, I've never seen that look since then from a person in my life. Um, it was something that, uh, I still, I still see it. I still like think about it every day. Um, it's an image I can never forget. Something that, uh, I, 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 I ponder probably hundred times a day if I had to, if I had to put a number on it. You mentioned how you, um, right after went to the trauma center and, um, kind of began the path to, to recovery. So, um, what was that path to recovery like? So the path to recovery was like, once I got injured, like I couldn't talk, I couldn't eat, I couldn't, um, I couldn't breathe on my own. I was on a ventilator, I had a tracheotomy um, that helped to aid my breathing. Um, like maybe like four to five times a night, I would have to do um, like chest compressions and they would have to get mucus out of my throat and make sure that my lungs were healthy and make sure that, you know, there was no infections in my blood and make sure that I was, you know, pain free and make sure that I was managing my, you know, my disability the right way. So it was um it was a difficult time. It was a lot of um a lot of lonely nights in the hospital. Um a lot of I lost a lot of friends, um lost a few girlfriends. Um a lot of people have, I would say, changed based on the fact that I got injured. And it was something that was really difficult to see, but um something that I use his motivation to keep pressing forward. Yeah, you just mentioned, I guess, a bit of the the negative um, community response. Was there any positive community response um, in the event? Um, yeah, I got a lot of support from my high school, um, Springbrook High School. My my former coach Darnell Myers helped out a lot. Um, my school did help out at a point in time. They were um, being helpful. Um, they were holding fundraisers. Um, um, those have dissipated since then. Um, I received a lot of messages, um, received a lot of phone calls, texts, well wishes. Um, I've I've seen a lot of great outpouring, but as of as of um recently, I haven't really. Um, well, I have, but I have heard, I have received a lot of feedback recently, but I haven't. Um, I haven't. I wouldn't say I haven't received any bad bad feedback at all. No. How so? Tell us the story about, you know journalism right so you never that was you're playing basketball and, and you love sports obviously but you know you get into the hospital and, and that's where you're spending your whole life right like the world is going on around you but you're you know focused on recovering how did journalism start to maybe creep into your head as like you know okay how hard was it to accept you know I can't play basketball anymore now I gotta do something else that I find I love what was that transition like how did you find that so I found I found journalism because when I was in the hospital, I had been um, diagnosed with clinic, you know, severe clinic, dep clinical depression. And so I had struggled to like, you know, balance my emotions. I had struggled to find the words to describe what I was feeling, how I was, um, the thoughts in my head, uh, just everything that was, was going through my mind at that time, it was really difficult to put into words. So I had a... Um, a guy that would come talk to me periodically when I was in a hospital. And um, he, he told me one day, because I had an iPod touch, 
and I was listening to music on there all the time. And he said, you know, why don't you use your iPod touch to write down what you feel, what you see? He was like, you know, I noticed that you go through a lot of emotions. Like you see things or go through things. Why don't you write them down? And I thought about that. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. And I tried it one day and I said, you know what? I find a lot of solace in writing what I'm feeling, what I see, a lot of my, using my observational skills and trying to, you know, just try to find ways to provide a little bit of therapy for myself. And so this is during 2012 when um the NBA playoffs were going on. LeBron had I'm Brown. LeBron had, you know, go to his second year. He was trying to get his first ring with the Heat. And I remember I had followed the playoffs religiously, like from when I was in shock trauma. Like that's all I would watch. And then when I went to rehab, that's all I would watch. And I saw this loud guy, Stephen A. Smith, on um ESPN and he was, you know, saying a bunch of crazy things and you know, saying a bunch of outlandish things about sports. And so I asked one of my um, my nurses at the time, I said, you know, who is he? Can you look him up for me? Like, what does he do? Like, so she told me he's a journalist. And so I said, hmm. And I said, so if he writes about sports and has a job doing it, I mean, I do this for free with my friends. Like, I figured that would be something that I could do and something that I find joy in. I said, I'm going to try to do that. Um, journalism was something that I like to do. I like to write. I knew that I would have to, you know, sharpen my writing skills and knew that I have to, you know, put the work in. And I was more than willing to put the work in. So I needed something to kind of like fuel and substitute my passion for basketball. And so journalism provides that for me, the ability to write stories, the ability to write on deadline. It provides that adrenaline rush and that piece of, that place of, you know, solace that, um, that basketball did and I'm just glad that I continue to improve in this in this area because it's something that I, I found a love for and something that I enjoy to do on a daily basis. Yeah, that our fellow co-host Mike will be very happy that it was LeBron who helped inspire your <laughs> love for journalism because he's a bronze stan. But um <laughs> then you kind of okay so now now that everybody knows you know how you got here, that type of thing. Um, I want them to kind of know about like Damon Brooks, the journalist, right? Because everybody knows the tragedy that happened with you. And that's, you know, it's important for you to share your story, I think. But you're on to this next chapter of your life, it feels like, where now you're trying to make a name for yourself in the industry. Um, how have you done that? Uh, what steps do you think you've taken in the journalism field to improve as a writer and not only you know, with that, but also where can you see yourself going in terms of this this type of field? So with steps I would say I've taken with my journalism to like I've I've had like great faculty and mentors at, at Merrill, at the University of Maryland that have been instrumental in my progress and instrumental in my, you know, success at Maryland. Um they have worked with me hand in hand, one on one, um, you know, on ways to improve as a writer, ways to attack certain pieces, ways to you know, view different pieces, and I've really enjoyed it. Um, I would say they have they have done a really great job with help mold me and see you know the strengths and weaknesses. Um, but I, you know, I believe I've grown in in a multitude of ways. I try to attack, I try to attack every everything that I do with a positive attitude because I don't believe a negative attitude will elicit any any positive results. So I try to make sure that my mindset is positive, and that whenever I work with anybody that has you know you know, critique criticism about my work, I'm able to receive it and able to, you know, take it in stride and use it as a form of motivation instead of something that's negative. Um, 
I try to be a positive person. That's what, something I believe in. I believe journalism is something I love to do. So it's like kind of like kind of like basketball. You have a bad play, it's like the next one up. You know, what I mean? you got to focus on the next play. So I try to work on ways just to improve my journalism. Um, I've seen my writing improve in a multitude of ways, um, just based on my writing process. And just like I said before, my thought process, um, it's been something that I've worked on, something that I've learned. Um, I will also say one of my closest friends at Maryland, um, Ben Dixon, he's been instrumental in helping me too. Him and I have spent several nights, you know, way past, you know, 10 o'clock working on papers, working on ways I can approach different things. He's just helping me see, look at things differently. So I will say, He's been a great part of my success as well. And, you know, I would say the whole Maryland community has done a great job with supporting me and providing words of encouragement during, you know, and during some very tough days for me. You mentioned how the, uh, you know, the incident occurred in 2012 and then now obviously uh, 2023. So there's a lot of time in between now and then. Um, how did you end up at the University of Maryland? So I was at Montgomery College and, um, I went back to school. So once I got hurt, I, I came home in 2014 from rehabilitation. And then I went strictly, well, straight into school at Montgomery College. I was at Montgomery College from 2014 to 2020. The reason why I was there so long, because I had a few hospital incidents that I had to, you know, uh, um, uh, I had to, you know, di divert time to um, several surgeries and several therapy sessions that I had to go through in order to get clearance that delayed my graduation date. So I was at Montgomery College for, I would say six years. And then once I left Montgomery College, I applied. I applied to Howard University, I applied to Maryland, and I applied to American. And anybody that knows me knows the University of Maryland has been my dream school since I was in middle school. Um, and when Maryland accepted me, Maryland was my first acceptance letter and it was no brainer for me. I didn't wait a, a day until, you know, let them know that I was coming. Um, so when I, once I got that um, acceptance letter, it was something I'll never forget. It was something that um, brought me a lot of joy because that's something I always wanted to do. And through all the tragedy I've been to and all the stress and, you know, turmoil, it kind of felt like it came full circle. You know what I mean? Like I kind of found my love back to basketball and I kind of found my love back to the school that I always wanted to go to. So I'm fortunate to be at the University of Maryland and I love every day of being a Turpin. It's been every, it's been, more than advertised, you know, being here and I love it. And I'm going to tell everybody that University of Maryland is the best school in the world. This is a, yeah, it could go off what Brennan said. Now you found this place that you love. But when you look back on, you know, your life and those years, um, do you have like regrets? I mean, I'm sure everybody has regrets. It's not and the idea that like you look back and say, you know, like you look back a hundred times a day. How, what regrets do you have and how do you cope with them? Um, yeah, I, I have regrets. Um, obviously, I regret that. You know, I wish it didn't happen. I wish I was more aware and more quicker reflexes to avoid a situation happening. Um, but honestly, I don't really have any regrets because I can't change the past. You know, I try to move forward as best as I can. Um, I know it's a tough situation. I know it's tough to, you know, look back and say, you know, this happened or that happened. But I try not to have any regrets. I just try to move forward with a positive mindset as much as I can because, you know, what happened, happened. The only thing I control is tomorrow and what I do the next minute. So I try to put my best foot forward and try to be as positive as I can. You know, life is about, you know, trials and tribulations, but it's on you to use it as a testimony. You know what I mean? So 
you can't worry about, you know, the things that you've been through or the things that have happened in the past. Only thing you control is, you know, what you do now and how you approach it. And I try to, you know, have every encounter that I have with somebody as a positive one, whether it's saying hello, good morning, good afternoon, how are you doing? Just being pleasant to people. You just never know your pleasantry can, you know, brighten somebody's day and hope, you know, hopefully, you know, brighten somebody's outlook. So I just try to be a positive person and try to uplift people as much as I can because, you know, the world is full of negative, as, as much negativity as it is now. So I try to at least bring a little, you know, sun to somebody's day and hopefully, you know, brighten their spirits and hopefully, you know, reshape the outlook on life. I know that I've uh, also uh, heard you share your story to the uh, women's basketball team just a couple weeks ago. So what was that experience like and what was the experience like covering uh, the team this past season? Um, It was great. It was great talking to those young women about, you know, the fragility of life and telling them, you know, how to maximize every opportunity because you just never know. You know, it's something that obviously I live through now, and I want them to know that you know they can do anything. You know, I want these women to know that you know, just because they may feel like or may the society may make them feel like you know they're lesser to men, I don't want them to believe that. I want them to believe they're just as powerful, if not more powerful than men. They should be able to attain the same things, and I want them to be able to be just as successful as men. Um, you know women are already kind of like, you know, demarginalized in society as it is. And I want them to kind of remove that stigma and want them to know that they can do anything. It's just about your mindset and about your ability to maximize every opportunity. Because like like I told them in the speech, you just never know what could happen in life. Like if I'd have known this would have happened, maybe I would have maximized more opportunities. But now, now looking back, I try to maximize every opportunity I can now and try to be as positive as I can, you know, as I can on a day-to-day basis. Um, but covering them this year has been awesome. Um, nobody in this, nobody thought that they would make a lead eight appearance. Um, for a team losing eighty five percent of their offensive production and to come back and storm through the tournament and what register their most road wins in almost what two two or three seasons, that's pretty impressive. Um, head coach Brenda Freeze has done an outstanding job with creatively, you know, maximizing her team's strengths while kind of like hedging their weaknesses at a point in time. So. I feel like they're a great team. Um, they had a great Elite Eight appearance and, you know, had a surprise season. But I feel like it's going to be really paramount for them to have a good offseason if they look to take the next step next season. Yeah, I know that, I mean, Damon's coverage is great all year. Um, anyone listening should go read his piece on Brenda Freeze and kind of the battle she had to go through. Um, but, Damon, we, we can only have you on for so long. Um, so what we do with each guest is we got a little, little top five segment. Um, this one... I know my, my, me and Damon have had talks about what snacks we like, what type of things. We always be complaining about the bad Lido pizza that they be serving at the, at the games. Um, so that will not be on your list, I assume. But top five for this week is we got road trip snacks. So I told you about it. You get a beverage, a chocolate, a candy, like a gummy, a chip, and a wild card. I'm going to play. I'm going to get our Hershey's milk chocolate. We'll keep, it, keep it plain and simple. Gummy, I'm going to probably go get some Lifesaver gummies. I like Electrolyte from 7-Eleven. It's like Electrolyte drink. You give me some Doritos. I'm cool with Doritos. Cool Ranch or? Nah, I'm a, I'm a spicy nacho guy. Ooh, spicy nacho. Yeah, okay. I try to throw a little jazz in there a yeah. little bit. All right. And then, um, sunflower seeds. Wow. Good pick for mm-hmm. the trip. You got to get a little mm-hmm. spare cup, spit them seeds in, though. Yeah, yeah. Got to get it. Got to get the spare for sure. Covering baseball. Strong man. pick. Sunflower seeds, very strong pick, I will say. 
<laughs> we got a particular flavor we going with? A ranch. Ranch. Okay. That's solid. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a solid top five. That's a solid interview. Um, very, very glad, very appreciative. We were able to chop it up with you, Damon. Um, you continue to be an inspiration to me and to all journalists out there. Um, not even just journalists, but people in general. So thank you for coming on under the shell, making your first appearance. We'll definitely try to have you back at some point as a reoccurring guest. Um, enjoy your Washington Post internship this summer, and don't forget about us. Mm-hmm. We make it big. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Thank you all for having me. Spring break is over, and so are the Maryland men's and women's basketball teams. Rest Guys, what happened? Mike, I mean, we all saw what happened with the men's team. It was, you know, the first weekend, so less to get excited about and build up on. But we all kind of expected it. What happened against the Crimson Tide um, that led to the Terps' early ending? I mean, honestly, Alabama was just the better team, and the better team won that game. Bama got more rebounds, shot better from the foul stripe, shot shot better from three, even though they had an off game. Those are the type of things that, you know, better teams will just win games because they're better at those essential parts of the game. Yeah, I mean, I think that seeing, you know, how the team, they really fought early on in that game. They really kind of kept it close. They tried to limit Alabama. I thought I liked the, you know, trying to get individual matchups. They tried to get Donta going. Um, that type of thing. But eventually, Alabama, they were bigger. Juju Reese's foul trouble, Brendan, though. That's kind of what it seemed to kill the momentum that um, Maryland had. It was hard to watch because of that. I think Maryland started off so strong with, with Juju in the game. And then as his fouls came up, the tensions kind of rose and just the team didn't look like themselves. I think one storyline or one narrative throughout college basketball that you see often is when you look at talent versus experience. Maryland had tons of experience with the entire season Alabama just had more talent Maryland had so many fourth year starters grad starters I mean people are coming back we'll talk about that later but had so much how much experience but at the end of the day talent wins games and we also said going into this Maryland was going to hope that Alabama misses every single shot they're not shooting perfect and on the opposite end Maryland has to be absolutely perfect on offense and that just wasn't the case. They shot 12.5% from three. And when you're playing... Is that good? That, that is not good. Um, officially, by Kevin Willard standards, um, that stinks. Yeah. You know? That's uh, that's not a that's something you'd see out at the farm, not something you'd want in the front yard of your lawn. Um, because they just didn't shoot the ball well enough. That's ultimately what doomed them. But overall, if you looked at this season and the end result, overwhelming success for Kevin Willard in his first year. And clearly, some players are... Deciding to try to leave for greener pastures, but one big player, Brendan, thought he'd be uh, best suited here at Old College Park. Jameer Young is coming back. I know. Shout out to Rudy Gersten on Twitter. (laughs) What a pull from him. Uh, It's going to be very, very exciting to see him back in a Maryland uniform. Jameer Young, question mark, if Zach Eady leaves, Big Ten favorite for player of the year next year, Mike? What do you think? That would make a lot of sense, and I know – a lot of people are upset about Hakeem Hart leaving. They're like, this is a big loss. What does this probably mean for Donta Scott, too? Because those are best friends. Uh, Donta Scott's not coming back. That's my official prediction. So, and I'd also, can I just, one second? Ahead. I'd like to say to Brennan Weissel, for when we were sitting in the crowd um, watching the game, I said, I think Hakeem Hart is leaving. Brennan said, there's no shot Hakeem Hart enters the draft. He's coming back. I think we put... Maybe potentially money on it, Brendan? Was there money on it? Do you remember no, that? Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> but was I correct in saying No, 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 you were absolutely correct. I just didn't think he'd come. I didn't think he would leave. I 
Certainly yes, didn't think he'd transfer. I I had no clue that was coming. The reason he's transferring, though, is because this incoming freshman class brought in by Willard, his first class, we've got four, three, four, we got three four stars, um, Jonathan Lamont, Deshaun Harris-Smith, and Jamie Kaiser. I know, Brendan, you had an interaction with Jamie yeah. Kaiser, actually. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so everybody knows the court rush of the Purdue game. Uh, Kaiser's on the sidelines. Uh, I ran into him. I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, this is going to be you next year. I said that to him. And that was my entire. That's probably one of the most elite <laughs> quotes you'll ever find. That was my entire. That's, that's, a, that's a young man who just got <laughs> Jamie Kaiser fired up on the drive home. He remembered that when he went to bed. I, that want, night. I want something. I want. To, I want to be able to cover some exciting basketball. So. That's incredible. Well done, Brendan. Jamie Kaiser's a bucket. Sean Harris Smith, dog. Right, Mike. I think that's what Terps fans. Gatorade expect. Player of the Year in Maryland this year. Yeah, um, and he's like he looks college ready. He's like jacked. Like it, he looks. He's ready to play in a grown man's. Uh, in my opinion, yes, that's absolutely correct. He played in the same uh, division as my high school. Destroy, destroyed them both times they played this year. Um, Is that more an indictment of your high school or Deshaun Harris Smith? What's that's the ruling here? Ooh. Let's not get really too deep. Into that. Let's <laughs> not get too deep. But the he, AD at that school might not be too happy with that conversation. Oh, no. He a, he averaged 17 points with 7.2 rebounds and 6.3 assists. And Kaiser, like you said, big body, used to be a former football player. So. He can feel that presence that Dante Scott would leave when he when he does eventually leave, as Sam predicted. Yeah, I think that that I think he's going to be a, a a really good sign, and I I am predicting that. In case you didn't overhear Mike or misheard Mike, Dante Scott will not be coming back in a Terps uniform next I year. I would take the opposite of that, but that's okay. Okay, you think so? So that's that's really interesting, Brendan. He has no reason to leave. I don't think he's NBA ready, and I know he's yeah. talked with Kevin Willard so much about getting his body ready to be in the NBA. I think he's on that path, and I think his only chance— His best friend did just leave, though. What does that yeah. say? Who knows? Well, you can see. only tell. Yeah, That's the see. same thing they're saying about Diamond Miller, folks. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Yeah, Diamond, obviously. Maryland made it all the way to the Elite Eight. We last talked. I think Abby Myers said that would have been pretty, pretty cool. Yep. Um, they got there. And then they faced Goliath. Maryland wasn't David, but South Carolina was Goliath, both literally and literally and figuratively. Um, this, this South Carolina team was just elite. I mean, Mike grabbing rebound after rebound. You know, they were plus twenty something on the board margin. And then when they're making fifty percent of their three pointers, Mike and Brennan, you just you don't really have a chance. What did you see from the Gamecocks? I could not help but think how Angel Reese could have helped this Terps team. Uh, you said this to me last night. I, I was stunned. I, I mean, when you just think about the interior presence, like the Terps, they had a great first quarter and were ahead. But as that game went on, like I talked about the men's team, it's things like just grabbing boards. Like that's one of the most important parts of the game. Yeah, but I mean, dude, Mike, they have can't three six, starters who are above six. Angel four. Reese is in the Final Four, just to be clear. Just to be clear, guess how many Angel Reese rebounds she had in their matchup against South Carolina? Guess. South Carolina averages the highest rebounding rate in the country. Mike, don't look. Brendan, what do you think? How many rebounds they had? How many rebounds Angel Reese had? She averages 12 on the season. 17. She had three. Oh my God! Or four, it's like it was a low number. Yes, because that's the South wow. Carolina team. That's what they do. They out rebound teams. Aaliyah Boston's the best player in the country for a reason. Mike, I agree that I think that. But 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 I mean to play devil's advocate to my point. I also don't know if Maryland gets to this point with, with Angel Reese. Angel You've Reese. reported a lot about how I mean Freeze yeah, made dude, quotes I'm not about the lie. selfishness yeah, she, of the team and yeah, all that. That's the vibe she was giving off. Brenna Freeze doesn't really talk about last year, but this at the press conference, I asked her, 
or someone asked her what is you know the difference between this year she's like last year was a a we a me centered locker room this year's a we centered locker room i think well said not to say anything like crazy but i think that might have been a pointed shade at angel reese and kim mulkey does not like maryland basketball did you guys see the tweet no what, what happened yeah kim mulkey um not one of my fav- most favorite people in the industry but anyway what she said about maryland was a day before south carolina and the terps played she said you can book this right now the sec is going to have two teams in the final four I don't care who South Carolina is playing. That's not a disrespect to them, but I know how good they are. I've played them. I've seen them. So you can write about two SEC teams being the Final Four. Was this after Maryland was slated to play them? Oh, no, Mike. This was after Maryland was slated to play them, but before they played. So she knew it was Maryland. Wow. I mean. I don't think that's the best relationship. Bulletin board, but serial. Yeah. um, I don't know. I think you're right, Mike, certain things about Angel Reese. I also think Diamond Miller wouldn't have grown the way she did. And now, Brennan, she has a decision to make, one that she hasn't made as obvious as some might think. If she's going to stay or if she's going to go. Potentially. That's you the, think she's going to transfer? No, no, no. She's no, going to stay or she's going to declare for the draft. Oh, okay. She's the projected number two overall pick in the last ESPN mock draft. But every time someone asks her about leaving next year, she goes, well, I have some decisions to make. And she said that at the press conference last night, and I'm telling you what – I've never seen a Brent, bigger Brenda Freeze smirk. She just had this look on her eyes. I don't think she's staying. I think it's possible. Brendan, so what do you ch- think about that? You think she's going or you think she's staying? You're changing your stance a little bit from last night. I, last night, right after the game I was talking to you, you said, like, no, no way. I don't think so, but I'm thinking about it today, guys, and I watched the video. It's literally, like, it. it's kind of – and she's done it all year. I don't think she's doing it. I don't think her teammates think that she's staying. I mean, right after the game, you know, certain feelings are going to be a certain way, a little bit sad. I mean, do you see her embrace after the game? She's leaving. Yeah. I, I don't as, think as she came off the court that's crying. That's she's leaving. Yeah. I don't think you're, I think I would predict she's leaving. Mike, would you say the same? Yeah. If you're the number two draft pick, why yeah, would, why you, would you stay? It? But it, I think it leaves open a slight door crack for her to potentially come back. It is one of the differences between men's and women's basketball. The decision just is a little bit different. Yeah, because of the money. Because of the money. It's 100%. She could probably make more money. She could probably make more money at Maryland next year than the WNBA. It's probably a fact. I think, I mean, this is something we're going to get into in a later episode this uh, this season, the the NIL stuff. So that'll be super. Be on the lookout for that. that. Whether or not she does leave. Brenda Freese does have the seventh-ranked class coming in for next year. Yeah, it's, it's really good. She's got a five-star. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be really good next year. I could see a top-five projected um, in the preseason. And there's another top-five team projected in the preseason. The boys in the cages, the men's lacrosse team, um, really just they're playing elite, and in particular because of their goalie. Brian Ruppel is one of the best goalkeepers in the country. It's Ruppel, um, but it's – He's either way. He's electric. He's elite. Did you guys see the last game that he the UVA he just game played? was? The UVA. I mean, game it's was one of the most insane. impressive performances. That I've wasn't. Ever that seen. was the second to last game. Yeah, Penn I know. State. But yeah, but, I mean, people had doubts. And Cavett was talking about, um, you know, yeah. What, what was what, that what, guy's name? Teddy Dolan. He was terrible. Teddy. I mean, to, people were talking. What, what goal is gonna step in? I mean. I, Teddy Dolan won, won Maryland a game, so you can't hate yeah, him but that dude, much. He but looked awful in that game. Syracuse game wasn't that pretty, but. I mean, it's a crazy. It doesn't matter either way. They found their for, goalie. It's a crazy storyline for a freshman. Yeah. Is it going to work out well? I mean, I mean, McNaney is so good. So, 
who who knows what their record would be, what they'd be like, and what they would won the Notre Dame game. I mean, there's yeah. so many questions, but um, you got to play. You play for championships. You don't play for wins at the beginning of the season, and that's kind of how the men's and women's teams have been structured. Similarly, another similar thing is they had a very similar weekend, both playing Michigan at home. Maryland the, has Maryland women's has another star freshman that people are saying is the best on the team already. Corey Edmondson has been absolutely electric. Um, started. Started the season all right, and then really went crazy with the hat trick in the Denver game. Ended up losing, but since then, been on an absolute tear. But um, Are you covering any of those this week? Yeah, Michigan game. Uh, um, be, folks, be on the lookout. It's uh, yeah, Brennan Weissel. Come on, you got to self-promote that, Brennan. It's got to be better of a self-plug there. Right. I mean, check him out, BYSL on Twitter, or CoolMoose42 on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm BYSL on Twitter. I'm CoolMoose242 at other places. But uh, if you look at uh, just the Maryland, and women, Maryland men's and women's lacrosse uh, games, uh, this weekend, they're going to be pretty similar. Um, all-time combined record, Maryland is 19-0. and That's the men's and women's together against Michigan. Men are 10-0 and all-time. Women are 9-0 and all-time. And I don't expect that to change. The Michigan men's team is 4-4 and this year, not had the strongest start all-time. Uh, Maryland has outscored them 152-82. to So Maryland has absolutely dominated Michigan uh, in lacrosse since moving to the Big Ten. And then on the women's side, Maryland ranked 10th, Michigan ranked 15th, but I do expect much of the same. Maryland has taken care of them the past uh, eight seasons, and I do expect them to do that again, and I think we'll see uh, much of the same there. Yeah, I I would agree. I think that this has been – Maryland's playing much better. I think they're starting to gel a little bit with all the new faces, Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to to see them get going. Those are two premier programs in the Terps, obviously, Mike. Um, And, you know, they continue to be national title contenders – that's the you know highlight of the spring sports we would say but on the other hand you know you look at the baseball and softball they were supposed to be really really good and they've kind of been struggling at least the softball side um losers of their past you know a couple games got swept at indiana uh what do you think is the problem with this team do you think that early season success was maybe a little bit of a mirage we talked early on about baseball and softball being the games of highs and lows you know at some point, you're going to get to the medium, and at, at, you know you get to a hot start a lot of time, a lot of times, and then teams start to figure out. I think they were just a team that started hot, a little fluky, and teams just started to figure them out. Yeah, I think that that Oklahoma State wins carrying a lot of water um, for them, but they got to really start to figure it out fast. Um, I'm doing a piece you can look out for on the Diamondback about the pitching struggles and what the maybe a maybe a sense of mirage with how how their pitchers have performed. Guys, in games that they're facing non-Power 5 opponent, they've allowed an average of 1.01 runs per game. When they face P5 teams, that number jumps up four runs to a 5.07 runs allowed per game. And that's just kind of explains some of that. They've had like seven shutouts against non-Power 5 teams. I think that's carrying what was supposed to be a really strong unit, um, the pitching staff, uh, what's otherwise been a down year. So they really got to get it figured out. Um, and they're they're kind of heading on the downslope while a team on the upslope is Men's the Dirty Terps. Dirty yeah. Terps, Mike. So we talked about struggling. They opened up to a 4-7 and seven start. That was not great. Pitching was not great. We talked about that a lot. But since then, since the Cambria College Classic, they've won 11 of their last 13 games and now have a 15-9 record. What's behind the hot streak, you might ask, I believe it's because the pitching has significantly improved. It's not. It's still not perfect. It's, it's still not where you want a pitching staff of a contender to be at. 
but the pitching staff is now staff is now averaging 4.5 ERA in the past 13 games after starting with a 6.57 ERA in that four and seven start. I think another factor has been fifth year outfielder Mike, uh, Matt Woods. Woods he started slow. He was struggling with an, a back injury, but since then he's batting 403 with five home runs and 20 RBIs after that four and seven start. They got a big test for them this weekend. They're traveling to Iowa. They're going to face their first Big Ten opponent in a three-game series. Uh, Iowa is the 25th-ranked team in the nation. So it's going to be a tough task for the Terps. They're 19-4. They did lose tonight, but it was a week. Uh, it was a weeknight game. So those, those Today are a little, Tuesday. Weeknight. Recording Tuesday, yeah. Weeknight. So those are a little hard to judge on. But Iowa packs some heat. A uh, little, little fun thing to watch is that uh, Friday night they'll be facing a pitcher, Brody Brecht, who can throw up to 100 a miles. Name. 100 miles per hour. This so this guy, guy throws breath. heat. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty solid. I mean, you got to look for them to maybe take advantage of that. Um, but they're back on the field. Softball back on the field. Those are the big big boys in the Defy yeah, Department. Softball and, and baseball absolutely in the meat of this season. Preseason, very early preseason for football. Locks at his press conference earlier today. Sam, yeah. you were there. What would you hear? That's the biggest boy of the program is what I was getting at. <laughs> Um, Before I cut you off, yes. Yeah, and, and they, uh, they they had an interesting opener. Uh, Mike Loxley came out. Great great to see Lox. Um, recognized me. Gave me a little head nod, and uh, I think he might have remembered the pod. So, friend of the pod, Mike Loxley. Oh, yeah. Clack it up. Clap, clap it up for Mr. Lox. Uh, but anyway, Lox uh, took the stand. It was pretty pretty normal press conference. You know, didn't really say anything too crazy. But the one interesting tidbit I got from him before – um, I want to hear what you guys have to think about this. He was talking about Jayshon Jones, right? So he's Jones mm. sounds like it's he's back, you would think. Oh, yeah, he's still he's wow. practicing spring. It's his sixth year. Um, he's reaching Jared Smith levels. But, um, you know, he's they're talking about Jayshon. And Loxley goes, yeah, it's great to have him back, um, at least until the new transfer portal window opens. You never know these days. That was the only player he oh. said it about. Do you guys think that that's maybe something he's – kind of using this early spring to be comfortable and then transfer before the season starts? What do we think about that? That would be really weird. I mean, That's, yeah. I it's think so I, weird. Maybe Locks is just taking a, a rhetorical stance. at the. I mean, yeah, but he didn't say about any other players. It's so weird to say that about your six-year senior. You know what I mean? Like, you, shouldn't you be puffing maybe that's him up why I said like it. Maybe that's why I said it, because he, he, know, he yeah. knows that it's, he knows it's, it's a guarantee. Garbage. I mean, that's, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. I think that. it might have been a shot at C.J. Dupree. Potentially. I was about to say. Uh, or C.J. Drippy. Oh, I like to call him Drippy. Uh, yeah. He left. I mean, C.J. left, obviously. Yeah. Great guy. Um, it's unfortunate Merlin won't have him back. Uh, but I don't think that many is people a weird would That's comment. weird. It was yeah. so weird. It Maybe, was so uh, weird. And I'm telling you what, the whole room thought it was weird. Really? Um, so have they come out with anything since then? I mean, you think he'd cover that track up? Maybe? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't really. He's a man. He was he's, out a, there. he's a confident man of his. He, I don't think he. I don't think he thinks he's leaving because Jayshon's out there with the first stringers catching passes from Talia again. Like it looked normal. Like it would just be a weird thing. Yeah, you know I mean? it would be so weird. Maybe Locks is trying to. you just getting trying to get people to come in that track, yeah. second transfer to saying. Yeah. You know, we're open. We're always open. Yeah. Maybe he has a trick up his sleeve. He's trying to. Yeah, he also said something cool about that just quickly. And he was talking about football transfers and how, you know, if or he likes recruiting guys, a lot of Maryland's new transfers this year are DMV guys. So he was talking about that. They asked him a question. He's like, yeah, you know, honestly, if if you disrespected us, if you didn't give us the time of the day when we were originally recruiting you when you were in high school and you kind of thought you were too good for us, 
and then you want to find a second home because things didn't work out? He said, I'm not really interested in bringing you in here. Like, really? you couldn't give us the time of day. Then I'm not going mean, to give you my time of day now. A, softball coach has a similar philosophy, yeah, correct? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, in terms of, like, I'm not going to re-recruit people that didn't give didn't give a you-know-what about me, that type yeah. of thing. And, and I think that, that makes sense, right? Why take a player in who completely overstepped your program? I think that's kind of a culture script culture flex a little bit like we don't need your talent we already got talent we don't need to bring you in if if you don't necessarily think that we're good enough yeah just last thing i'll say on that maybe a little bit of a a conspiracy maybe loxley is saying wants to get the idea that jay sean's leaving so other wide receivers will come here think there's an open spot i don't (laughs) know now that's weird (laughs) that's weird i prefaced it it with a conspiracy that's wild but the last two segments we're doing is about to be even wilder that starts off with a big time quiz okay big time huge quiz we got quiz on the women's tennis women's golf men's golf men's track and women's track if you guys you get, just repeated something twice. i might have repeated but you'll, we'll get to it whatever yeah, there's like eight different okay ones. uh we talk about many of the, the big programs here we don't uh always talk about some of the smaller programs so i'm just gonna give you an update on where their rankings are and uh let's hear you it. gotta guess okay where do you think the women's tennis team stands mike me, i'll take this one right you alternate okay. women's tennis yes. what do you think i'll take this and then you take the next right. one we'll let's, switch let's, back let's and hear forth. It. i'm gonna go my guess for this one uh 100 and f- no there's no way there's 100 tennis programs right that's quick just off the 75 here. okay Women's golf. There, I'll give you the total number of teams. There's 277 women's golf teams. Women's golf. I think I saw a tweet about this the other day. Uh, uh, is it 30 something? I said thir- I'll say 30. Okay. Uh, men's golf. There are 306 total teams. Oh lordy. I think that they're actually pretty solid. I'm gonna go 30, 38. All right. Maybe that was the women's team. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right. Um. Men's track? What do you think? Men's track. They're horrible. <laughs> it's uh, got to be so high, Mike. How many programs are there? <laughs> I didn't try. It, it's in the. It's, it's, it's up. It's up there. Oh, uh, Lord. 108. Okay, that's right. that might be the closest guess yet. Oh! No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Oh, oh come on, Brendan. <laughs> Brendan, that just was, what a was gut that for, punch, man. What come the on, heck? man. Uh, women's track. Uh, they're terrible. Uh, 227. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I gotta hear it. I gotta hear it. Give it to me, Brendan. Okay. Okay. Here, the, here we stand. Women's tennis. Sam said seventy fifth, forty ninth. Not That's terrible. Cool. Yes. Not right. terrible. All right. Uh, can tennis. we track the difference between me and Mike's guesses? Like the sub difference and overall, add it up yeah. and see uh, who's worse. Um, what are they on Ken Palm? Though? I will. I will do that. While we, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will add that up while we do another segment. Yeah, so I'll get it yeah, at the end yeah. of the episode. I'll let you know. All right. They're thirteen and three on the years is women's tennis. Like now, <laughs> now move into women's golf. Thirty sixth. Mike said thirtieth. Oh, Very good. that's really good. Uh, Six. Uh, Very good. good. Oh boy, I'm scared for this one. Okay, men's, men's golf. golf. Oh god. You said thirty eight. Two hundred and six. Oh, oh man, that's a body blow. I think. I think that. I think I don't have to tally it. I, yeah, think, you're, I think you're gonna lose Mike's on that. Although you did have. You did do one more guess. Whatever. Okay. Uh, men's track, Mike. You said 108. Men's track, 137. This Not guy's bad. on a heater. I don't know how you came up with that, but you <laughs> got it. Pretty close. Women's track, also a very strong guess. Sammy said 227, 206. 
Oh, that's pretty good. So if you if you exclude the extreme, which is where men's they golf, find, where are these finding these women tracking <laughs> golf players, bro? Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is at uh, this rate, <laughs> we got uh, It's not acceptable. <laughs> they got to be better as programs. Yeah, so just, just, department to, has just to do better, man. <laughs> just to cover my bases here, I use the tennis point rankings for women's tennis. Not enough uh, country clubs in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I use the golf week rankings for uh, men's women's golf and uh, U.S. track and field. Does the rankings for the track and it, US, uh, the track and field rankings are done based on performance. So th- those are very that's concrete. Um, yeah, that's what we got there. Um, we that's, got a, that's a wild. That's a wild game. Th- I thought that was we a just. One. I mean, people want to know how their teams are yeah. doing. So we thought it's okay. We got a, a, wild. Bit, of a bit of a draft. And what's the women's? Yeah. What, what's the swimming team rank? Uh, <laughs> oh, they're at Goldman Sachs, I think. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a wild segment there. A bit of a wild top five. Top um, five, and then we got an awesome, terrific terp. So these are going to be two last. What an um, episode! Back here. But. Um, we're going to go with a top five road trip. So I'll set the qualifications because this was my snake idea. I'd like to point out that I've come up with some big-time snake draft ideas. So we all, we all I mean, no, no, no. We all have. But um, I'm not winning much of the voting drafts. But I at am. Least I, I'm I, I definitely the first pick this uh, week. I'm, I'm always winning. I'm first pick this week. Right. Okay. So what we're going to do is top five road trip snacks. Um, so the qualifications are that you are on a road trip in the passenger seat and you are in a normal car that you cannot get cleaned whenever, and you are going to be driving for a long haul. So this is not, and you're stopping at a at a just normal convenience store. Think of your 7-Elevens, your whatevers, your oh, wait, local. Oh, we're stopping at a convenience store. Local convenience store. What happens What happens with the wild card, though? Yeah, you got to just think what they would have. Okay, you, okay, okay. It's not, this isn't, you're not getting gourmet chocolate or, you know, uh, I love gourmet chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. And we're not in a Wawa. Let's just to make it no, fair. No, not, yeah, not in a Wawa. If this is a basic convenience store. So. What are we drafting? You get one beverage, one chocolate, one candy, like gummy type, one chip, and one wild card that can be anything. So, five picks, five rounds. Let's hear it, Brendan. Okay, I'm going to take, uh, we're doing snake draft. Does not have to be in order, clarification. I think the most exclusive thing is probably candy. I'm going to go with Reese's Big Cup. So that would be your chocolate. Chocolate. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess, yeah, chocolate. My bad. That's that's a solid pick. The Reese's Big Cup, is it the one you're getting two of? Or is oh, you're getting two. You're getting two. Ah, that's a big man right there. Number two, Michael no, House. Number two, uh, candy is the hardest one. I don't feel like there's a lot of non-chocolate candy brands you can pick from. Sour Patch Kids. My, my, wow. my, my what num- type of ones? What what type? Uh, the classics, just the classics. The classic Sour Patch Kids. You can't go wrong with them. Sometimes you're feeling watermelon. Sometimes you want to go back to the classics. That's yeah. I don't, I, I get that. Um, Sammy, get your picture. Yeah, I do. And I'm gonna start it off with a I think a pretty pretty good pick. Um, I'm gonna go with the Twix bar um, as my chocolate. So. Twix is a very elite candy. Brennan took what I would have gone with, um, but Twix is a very, not even a consolation prize. Next up, I'm going to go with my beverage. That's going to be a nice classic water. Water. That is like an insane pick, Sam. It it is, but I think it's I think it's what it what it does for your bev. You get a nice bottle of water, keep you hydrated. If you guys don't like that pick, I can change to a different. No, I'm beverage. not changing. You, you picked it. Okay, <laughs> so that's my beverage. You don't get unlimited water fills. It's a normal right. road trip. You know, you got to fill up. That could travel to the final four, maybe if, if our teams were good enough. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's that was two. Got Mike. Oh, that was okay. Next up, I think I'm gonna go wild card. I'm gonna take combos. 
Combos oh, are combos are underrated. That's a, that's a, Mike does love combos. Guys, when you catch me in the CCC, CCC late that at boy night, getting I'm, them combos. I'm getting I'm combos. That's All a right. good pick. I got two. Here. I got no issue with it. Do you? No. I got two picks here. I'm gonna go with beverage. You need a little caffeine. Maybe it gets late. Doctor Pepper. Doctor Pepper. You, 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 can, you can tell. Wow. Good pick. That goes off my board. Do you go <laughs> cherry? Do you go, do you go cherry or do you go straight up? No, nah, just straight up. That's I mean. That's a good play. Classic. And then I'll go with the chip here. I will take a salt and vinegar Lay's. That's I have an issue with that one. Salt and vinegar is a horrific flavor. What do you think? I don't know how well they mind? combine with the Reese's Big Cup. That might be crazy. Yeah, that's know. a wild breath smell. <laughs> your uh, your driver's not going to be too pleased. Um, oh well. It is what it is. Brendan will live with it. Mike. Mike. Next up, this is tough. I think I'm going to go with chocolate. I'm going to take Kit Kats. I think Kit Kats Ooh, are, wake, make way more sense in a car ride. First of all, I don't know. Just the idea of like, I don't know. You have to unwrap the Reese's. You got to hold it carefully. Kit Kats, you know, it's just a simple bar. You it's eat true. It. Yeah. It's a good pick. Um, Kit Kats are not my favorite chocolate, but I respect that. Um, what I'm going to do for my candy is I'm going to go with the peach rings. I love those things. You do. Those are so good. Um, give me the peach rings. Um, give me the gummy. It's a good pick. One more. I'm going to go with my chip. And it's a little surprising to me nobody's taken it yet. Um, it's a great chip. I'm going to go with the classic Dorito, the red Dorito. It's it's really good. Nacho cheese, elite flavor. Um, it's just it's a staple for a reason. You know what I mean, Brendan? It absolutely is. What we got here, Mike? I'm going to take another chip. I'm going to take Funyuns. A lot of people, wow. I know this will not be popular That's for a lot of voters. That's not going to get well on the, on the voter scale. Is that a chip? Funyuns? Yeah, it is. It no, is. It's, it's, it's a is. chip. It's a chip. I'm has take... no idea what a Funyun is. <laughs> I, can't, I can't eat them. Sorry. <laughs> I really wouldn't know. Okay. Going with my candy here, I'm going to go Swedish Fish. Wow. That back was, to that back. Was, that was a strong play. Back to back. Interesting ones, but I like Swedish Fish. So I, I don't, it's just an underrated candy. And then wild card, you could go anything. You, you could go yeah, lottery ticket. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, going to go I, what I'm up, Brandon up. doesn't say, and I'm hoping he doesn't say it here. I am going to go – I you know, I'm not going to say anything. Should we say it on three? Roasted peanuts. You're not, that's oh, <laughs> I wasn't even close. Planters brand. Please. Uh, honey roasted? <laughs> sure, I'll take honey roasted. Oh, that's a good pick. Thank you for adding my pick. Yeah, I of that's course. It's very nice of you. <laughs> okay, Mike. Number five, Mike. For my last pick, I'm going to take – you can't go wrong with Coke. Right? Oh, the Coke. straight up Coke. You can never. You could. Just, you could go you, very wrong. You with could. Coke. You could. But with Coca Cola, nothing could go wrong. Very well said. All right, Sam, finish <laughs> off the draft, please, before we get into the Trift Terrapin. Yeah. Um, my final pick, gonna be you know the one that I I ride with for a while. It's gonna keep me keep me full for a little bit on the road trip. Beef jerky, classic. Okay. Solid. Or teriyaki. Solid. Give me teriyaki. Uh, I love that pick. That was a strong uh, wild card. And that's a that's a strong draft. Strong draft, strong terrific terp. It's our favorite segment, the one where Brennan just goes wild on some legend we've never heard about. I can't wait to hear this week. Mike, flash warning to all the audience, this is his best one. Book it. Mm-hmm. Take it away, B. I haven't started yet, but let's let's get into it. All right. Fred Funk. Anybody know Fred Funk? No. Never heard of him. I Tell me about him. I thought Sam may have known him, but let's get into it. So Fred Funk graduated from the University of Maryland in 1980 with a degree in law enforcement, but the only law he enforced was on the fairway. 
and boy, did he hit them often. On the PGA Tour, he had the highest oh driving accuracy gosh. seven times. Let's Funk go. grew up playing sports in College Park long before he attended the University of Maryland. Growing up, he played as a boxer. He was ranked number one in his age group for a while, but when he turned 17, that's when you have to start fighting against people in your same weight class. In his same weight class at his and his gym was Sugar Ray Leonard. So he quit boxing, oh pursued God. golf full-time. When he got to Maryland, it was time for him to try out for the team. On a beautiful fall day in the Mid-Atlantic, Funk stepped up to the tee with 12 other guys. 13 men fought for 12 spots on the team. He couldn't lose. How could he? Funk played 17 solid holes, but scored an 11 on the 240-yard the oh, par 3. Oh, my God. His second shot. Went his first shot went into a creek. He decided to play it from there. Got an eleven. Sam knows an eleven on the on two hundred forty. Um, you, folks, you played, you're not you, trying to score high numbers. You, you've played that whole Sam. That's, uh, that's it's tough. It's tough to get tough that one. Yeah, that eleven was too much to overcome, and Funk did not make the team his freshman year. That round dictated the rest of his 1975 as he flunked out of the University of Maryland oh. and he transferred oh. to. Prince George's Community College. Oh my God, that's the after two years. Brendan thought about transferring. <laughs> <laughs> after two years at Prince George's Community College, he worked his way back to the Maryland team. He was pretty solid in the Maryland team, but nothing, nothing incredible, nothing special, but very solid. Graduated two years later, and he and tried to enter the pro golf scene. But as many people know, entering the PGA Tour is tough. So tough, mainly because a lot of travel and there's so many people. Expensive. Little money, he turned back to Maryland to become the head golf coach and the course pro. He did that from 1982 to 1988. During those years, Funk played on the tour but never performed well enough to play full-time. In 1989, he got his break. He struggled financially for many years but left Maryland to join the, the, the tour full-time. He ranked up 29 total pro wins, and his ranking peaked at the number 21 golfer in the world. He was part of the 2003 and 2005 President's Cup teams and the 2004 oh Ryder Cup team. He never did win a major, but he won the Players' Championship in 2005 as the oldest player ever to what do a so. legend. And he had some success on the Senior Tour after he turned 50, um, won three events, and he still holds the record at the U.S. Senior, Op uh, the senior US Open when he went 20 under in 2009. As one of the shortest drivers on tour, he, he used accuracy to his advantage. Because of this, he loved to use hybrids and said that the release of them saved his career. Ladies and gentlemen, Fred Funk. What a legend, Brendan! That was take it away. That dude. lived up to the expectation. Thank you. That was good. That was, good. That was a goat level performance that was, in Game Seven. That was Game Six in the Garden, That's, <laughs> folks. Jonas Evans, if you're listening to this, will know if you listen to the full episode. Put it in the title of the pod, Fred Funk, Funk the legend. I mean, what a crazy guy! Just give me brief reactions on what you thought of his story. I told you what my reaction was. It was incredible. I mean, the guy. He tried so many different things, met so many different legends. Sugar Ray Leonard, and then you go on the PGA <laughs> Tour, probably you see Phil Mickelson and, like, Jack Nick. Like, that's incredible. I mean, the 11 on the second. Oh, he just, I, he yeah, just you, can't do you it. You can't do it, man. That You had it locked up, think Mike. About it. If he hadn't had that, he probably would never have had a success. That's so, you crazy. Know. That's, hey, that just shows life has a path for everyone. There's so many twists and turns And, and, and the story. sprinkle of the PJ, uh, Prince George Community County. He takes it away. That was a great, terrific Terp. That was a great episode. Brendan, take us out. Gonna cite my sources super quickly. Baltimore Sun, the post game, UM Terps, you know, PGA Tour stats. Gotta, gotta make sure I. And what did you do to get on UM Terps, Brendan? What'd you use? <laughs> the internet? 
says you oh, the way, way back, back way back machine, yeah. way back machine. You learned that in two hundred one. That yeah. is that is some big J journalism right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's the way back machine. Well done, <laughs> folks. You want the hard hitting stuff. You want the st- stories about legends in Maryland sports. You want to hear what your teams, Terp teams, have to do to keep on winning. You come to this podcast. That's right. Under the Shell, another great episode. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get to listen on your way to work, way home, whatever it may be. Find us there. Look us up on all the socials at under the dot, underscore the shell. Um, folks, another great episode. Have a happy rest of your evening, day, whatever it may be. Peace.